0: Welcome to the Get Transformed podcast, where we transform the journey of Jewish divorce from hellish to healing.
1: We're your hosts, I'm Allie. And I'm David. And we've both personally navigated the challenges of divorce in the Jewish world.
0: We started this podcast when we each found that while there's often a lot of community support and education for things like child rearing and marriage, there's a real gap of support people in our community going through divorce.
1: We're also both Jewish educators, coaches and healers. So we're offering practical tools, perspectives and real life examples from our own clients that will change your challenging experience of divorce into an opportunity to transform your life in powerful and beautiful ways.
0: Join us as we delve into a new topic each week, answering real life questions and sharing parts of our journey with you all.
1: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back, Devin.
0: Hello, Ellie. Hello, our listeners. Um, contextually, this is uh we're just a week after a week and a bit after the, the the uh attack in Israel. I don't know when you're listening to this, but um if you're listening to this you know today, you know, right when we record it, then it's you know Tuesday. But if not, this is like you know, a week and a bit after Israel was attacked over Simcha Torah, Simchat Torah.
1: Yeah, and and we've taken a bit of a break, you know, because of the Jewish holidays, sort of the month-long extravaganza that is Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Um, And we've also taken a bit of a pause to kind of get our feet underneath us in terms of how to continue in light of what's happened in Israel. Um, But we really wanted to talk very specifically about what this means for people who are in the middle of a divorce process while this is going on in Israel, in the Jewish world. Um, you know, Do you want to give us a bit of an intro, what we wanted to talk about, or should we just jump in?
0: I mean, the general heading is that crisis, you know, <clears throat> the whole point of this podcast is navigating Jewish divorce. Um, a Jewish crisis is going to impact your divorce process. Right living as a divorced or almost divorced or, you know, potentially divorced person going through these worldwide calamities affecting the Jewish people. It's something which really needs some focus and attention because it's not the same as experiencing it when you are married.
1: Right. Right.
0: It's hard enough to navigate this when you're married, but add on an extra level of complexity and stress when you don't have that um, support that you, you used to have, you know it's worthy of, of opening it up a little bit and just fleshing it out a little bit, seeing what we come up with today,
1: yeah, I'm definitely seeing posts like, say, in the Facebook group that I have for um, divorced Jewish women, um and hearing from people that I know, um this experience is isolating as it is if you're Jewish meaning the experience of feeling isolated, maybe from your non-Jewish friends, um, feeling a bit isolated in the world. And of course, we're right now speaking about being in the diaspora. um, Being within Israel is an entirely different story altogether, where really safety is the first thing that's on your mind, or perhaps, you know, dealing with even worse um, situations. Um, But I think what we wanted to touch on is how do we navigate already feeling isolated in the diaspora as a Jew, um, and then the loneliness that can come along with being in a divorce process and not necessarily having, you know, the person you used to turn to to talk about it or um, help you out. So where should we start?
0: Um, I think that the that the feeling of being alone um it's a hard one to navigate at the best of times. It's especially mm-hmm. hard to navigate when you dial up the stress factor of knowing that there's so much pain out there. That there's so much, you know, it could be you've got someone that you know who's a soldier right now who's fighting Israel. It could be you know someone who got injured or killed, God forbid. How do you how do you cope with that on top of just you know being in the solo seat of being a solo parent? Um, depending upon how much support you have around you, how do you navigate that feeling and that experience? Any, any, uh, Anything you want to dive into to kind of start us off?
1: Sure. And maybe we'll, what we'll do for this particular episode is we're just going to sort of put each card on the table, things that we think, um, how this affects us as people who have gone through divorce or are in a divorce process, and we'll just sort of lay it out there so number one people know that they're not alone in whatever they're experiencing and number two a couple of ideas of how to navigate that so
0: um, so yeah i think people should listen to this podcast to not feel alone got it
1: awesome <laughs> i think it's a good it's a good place to start sometimes yeah. just hearing people say what you're thinking can really be helpful sometimes
0: Agreed. um
1: yeah so i i think what you were saying about about feeling alone. Um, you know, when you're going through a divorce process or you're already divorced, um, it can feel very lonely, especially if you have kids, you're the person who is providing a lot of emotional and, um, all kinds of different support for your children. Um, and you're, your own person. You don't necessarily have another partner, um, or you're, you know, in a relationship and that's, um, you know, it's still challenging because you're dealing with your kids and you're dealing with your ex and um, there's lots of complicated pieces to that. So I think navigating being alone during the best of times is challenging. And we've spoken about that through different episodes. So some of the things that we um, try to remember are, can we use those moments of being alone to take care of ourselves, to clarify our who we are, what we like, what what we care about, Um, and how do we connect with people who actually make us feel close and supported and not alone? I think reaching out to people that you really feel close with or who share similar ideas to you is super helpful.
0: Yeah, I I look at this, this two kind of opposite approaches come to mind for me. The first one is um, taking the time to actually proactively reach out to the people around you. Mm -hmm. for support you know if if in general you have you know your crew that you go to but kind of just proactively put out there hey uh, you know during this time i'm feeling especially you know alone uh, or whatever support i could get from you would be appreciated whatever it may be whichever relationships like that's angle one and and you and also for yourself to proactively seek those opportunities for connection, go out for coffee go to someone's house for shabbos um you know yeah. go to shul if you're if you're a man who's a shul goer going to shul can often be a place of connection um so that's one is 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 the is the people connection reaching out for connection during this time i mean everyone wants it let's be honest everyone wants mm-hmm. connection so it's not something that will be um badly received and in addition people also like helping in a time when there's a lot yeah. of crisis going on, they want to feel useful. So asking someone, hey, I really need some help, um, can be actually an opportunity for them to feel useful and needed and doing something positive. So that's one angle, reach proactively reaching out for support. And the second angle is the exact opposite, and that is learning how to self-soothe yourself through that loneliness, mm-hmm. which I think we've spoken about before. But loneliness is often a very young part of us. Um, for the anxiously attached people out there. You know, the abandonment is a wound that you may have experienced in your youth, whatever whatever way that came about, a rejection, whatever it may be. So learning how to navigate that for yourself without anyone else's input because that's that's like, it's a wound that really can't be healed by anyone else. And so often the the best feeling is the feeling of being there for yourself, which can be really, really hard in a stressful time. I'm not, not going to make this... Easier than it is, but just learning how to self-soothe, put your hand on your heart, put your hand on your tummy, and just say, "Hey, I see that you're feeling really lonely, and that sucks, and I'm here for you, and, and I love you." You know, just being gentle and caring, and talking to yourself caringly in the times when you're feeling those feelings, allowing them to be there, recognizing them for just being there, just a feeling. It's not you. Don't don't use this time to start buying into the um a script that may be plaguing your mind, right? I'm all alone. I'm always going to be alone. Right. Never going to find anyone. I'm always going to be here by myself. It's never going to get better. Like when there's, when there's gloom and doom out in the world, it definitely encourages the script or the story to seem like it's accurate. And so you can acknowledge the script and say, you know what? I can, I can understand you feeling that way. That makes sense that you're feeling that. Um, And I'm here to tell you that I'm here for you. I'm with you. I'm going to take care of you and, and we're going to be okay. So, it's Beautiful. the it's the collary both reaching out to others and being there for yourself
1: right yeah i love that and and it's so healing to be able to do that especially in moments of crisis and truthfully if you have kids it's absolutely essential that you do that for yourself so that you can be there for them during this experience um it, it's just an, um, a non-negotiable um you know i want to add to that also one of the other pieces that um that I found helpful, and I have to, I know that I have to do it in small doses, um, but also helping other people, right? Asking for support for, from others for yourself, connecting with yourself, but also helping other people allows you to remember, like, I have a piece in this puzzle, I have something to offer, even if it's really small, And when you help other people, it actually connects you to your strengths. It connects you to your gifts. It connects you to the things that you love and that you're good at. Um, And so, you know, of course you already have your kids or if you have kids that you're responsible for, you have yourself in navigating this divorce, but there are moments where, you know, if you make an extra, you know, four cups of soup, you can throw it into a container and drop it off at someone's house. Um, you know, you can text somebody in Israel or a friend across the world and just say, Hey, I'm just checking in. Are you okay? Um sometimes offering help actually can ground you in yourself. Um, because it reminds you. Yeah,
0: it, it, gives a, sense you, yeah, it gives a sense of agency. I've got the I yeah. have power, I'm I'm a capable human being. Right. Okay, yeah, great point. Great point. Um yeah. talk, talking about kids for a second, can I just dive in on this for a second? Mm-hmm. Um because you are the sole parent at any one point in time when you have your children, um, it's a situation that you're not necessarily used to in that once point, like usually when you have two people, often one of you will be up, the other one will be down, and, and there's a there's a bit of a seesaw. Uh-huh. You know, you're having a bad day, someone can step in and you don't have that ability here. And it's a and it's a time frame when you're going to be in general more stressed out than usual, and your children are going to be more stressed out than usual. So to recognize because of that, you have to be extra, extra, extra careful about setting up healthy, um, you know, the word is boundaries, but it's it's been used a thousand times, but it really is kind of manicuring your input so that you can navigate your mental load in the best way possible, which might mean, you know what? Although I really wish I could think about Israel and think about the hostages and think about everyone else, I'm actually going to shut that off right now completely for the next week. Or like when, when, when I have my kids, I'm not looking at the news, I'm not looking at social media, whatever it is to manicure your life that you don't have to take on extra stress. Because as much as we all feel like we should, and there's like a certain amount of guilt that we carry around with us, To say I really should be thinking about this, I really should be praying for them, I really should be doing everything I can. Right? You you have a responsibility primarily to you and your children, so that that responsibility is needs to be you know of the utmost, and therefore take care of your boundaries so that you're not taking on more than you can. It's not you're not looked at as a bad person for not um.
1: Watching the news 24 seven and yeah. like constantly being on top of it. Yeah. I thought about this also, even with my, because my kids are older, Um, you know, they're teenagers. And I said, look, I, I want you guys to know that you're going to have people constantly talking about this. The news is going to be on everywhere. My kids go to a school where this is, you know, on the table all the time, where people are talking about it openly in the classrooms. Um, so I just let them know, like, you know, it's okay at some moments to say, I need a break from this, I actually want to know about it, but I just can't do it right now, and to really set boundaries for themselves around how emotionally capable they are um, holding that experience right now. And I think collectively, as Jews, a lot of the time, we say, well, people in Israel are dealing with it 24-7, so we should be dealing with it 24-7 also, Um and that isn't necessarily a um, healthy or useful paradigm because outside of Israel, there's lots of things that we can do to help because we're not doing dealing with it 24-7. Um, and I think being able to recognize, you know, what we have to offer. Um, and then of course, if you're inside Israel and you're navigating a divorce experience and you have kids, the first thing that you're dealing with is just simply safety, Um, both physically and emotionally, and being able to do everything that you can to support yourself mentally and emotionally to be able to be there for yourself and for your kids and make sure everyone is safe. Um, So I think inside and outside of Israel for kids and for parents, this is a really different experience right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, your kids are a very complicated topic because depending upon the age of your children, they really depend upon how much they're aware of how much they yeah. can handle and yeah you just it's just I just want to lower the bar for everyone out there mm-hmm. like I know that there are many perfectionists out there who want to be perfect parents perfect whatever it may be and just know that this is a non-perfect time and just keeping your children alive fed mostly even if it's a cereal bowl of cereal like it's okay right. don't 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 hold yourself to a higher standard than you should because that will lead to more mental strain and more mental challenges, um, you know, which leads to, you know, whatever, whatever your worst habits are, you know, alcohol, you know, pot, whatever it is, uh, whatever addictions you you use, you're used to in your unhealthy times, these are the times that they're going to pop up. And it's yeah. really a, it's an opportunity to really um, kind of, be aware of that and, and, and try and try your best obviously to choose some of the healthier options.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you have any Yeah. That? And,
1: and, and I think to be, well, I guess the, the first tip is just to really be aware when you're not okay. Um, is just to be really honest with yourself like, wow, I'm really not coping well in this moment. I am starting to feel like I want to do stuff that I know isn't good for me. Um, I, and at that point, what are you, what's your toolkit? you know, who do you reach out to, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a rabbi, whether it's a community member, whether it's a sponsor, um, whatever it is, like reach out. So really be aware of of being honest with whether or not you're okay in this moment and when you need support and reaching out. Um, And then what are your other coping skills? And we've talked about a lot of those different toolkits and emotional coping skills throughout lots of different episodes here so really digging into all of that work that you've put in or if you're just starting it trying out new coping skills that have to do with just centering yourself in your body allowing yourself to feel your feelings um, and and caring for yourself on the most basic level making sure you're eating good food making sure you're getting sleep Um, getting some exercise and getting hugs from people that are just friends or people that you love. Um, And I I think acknowledging that divorce is already a hurricane, it's already a storm. And if you're in the middle of the process or just newly outside of the process and you're still getting your own feet on the ground, adding on top of it what's happening in the Jewish world now, the level of unsafety we're feeling, the intensity of the trauma. It, it's just adding another storm on top of a storm.
0: A tornado and a hurricane.
1: Yeah. That's a good metaphor. Yeah. It's a good muscle.
0: Um, two things I wanted to mention. One, I really liked the, uh, the hug idea. The, um, a guy in my synagogue was just like handing out hugs. He's like, there's not enough hugs. Mm-hmm. I'll giving be out hugs. And, Beautiful. um, and yeah, it was a really really beautiful. Um, and the other thing that um you mentioned, just saying the phrase "I'm not doing okay."
1: Yeah,
0: it's a very powerful phrase. It's something that like you don't recognize how powerful just saying that out loud can be to allow what's going on inside you to just just be allowed. You know, yeah. it's a permission to to fall on the ground in a puddle. So. You know, anyone, everyone is going through this. Yeah, it's not just a divorced person's current, Right, a person with a perfect life right now is saying, "I'm not okay," and you know, it's just extra hard when you're divorced. It just is. Life is extra yeah. hard. So, it's okay to have that, and it's okay to to fall to pieces, yeah. and it's okay to you know do that in front of your kids. I know people are, are a little bit like. Apprehensive, crying in front of their children or, or having a hard day in front of the children. I'm mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with it. Uh, I think that it's a natural thing for children to see their parents be emotional and and see that it's you know it might be a little scary for them, but like you'll navigate it in front of them in a way that that they might actually start to be oh wow it's okay to have that big emotion and to cry and to and yeah. to then get back up again. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just heart, heart, heart and love out to everyone out there who is struggling with all this and, and making the best of a really challenging situation. Right, and, it, and
1: it's job. okay to not be okay. Um, and to know when you're not being okay starts to switch over into a place, as we said, where you actually need support, where you need professional support or you need support. Like you, just knowing that line for yourself, I think is really important. Um, where it, it switches over. Um, I want to jump to a moment to talk about um, one of the things that I know is happening for some people, which is um, already when you're in a divorce process, you might be dealing with somebody who sees the world very differently from you. We've talked about situations where maybe one spouse is um, religious, one spouse isn't, one spouse is pro-Israel, one spouse isn't, like... You know, navigating those political, social, cultural, religious differences is challenging in the best of times. Um, I think right now, um, because this is so hot, um, you might also be having to navigate that in your relationship and with your kids, the messages that you're both giving your kids about what's going on in Israel. Um, I definitely think that it is important as the grown-ups in the room... Um, to uh, model, decide together what you would like to model for your kids and whether that's not necessarily getting into your opinions on this, um, but supporting everybody and praying for safety and making sure everybody knows that you love them might be a good way to go. But I think bringing people's political stances or ideas about what's going on too much into the home right now isn't necessarily going to create like a sanctuary of safety, um, which is what everybody needs to feel right now. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, definitely. If you can have that mature conversation with your ex, fantastic. Um, often, um, because it's such a hot topic, mm-hmm. it can sometimes mean that one or both of you can't have that mature conversation, and therefore. What might be the right move is just to say, you know what, I'm just, I don't think it's a good idea for us to discuss this with each other. Right, like total disengagement. If they and if they try to say, well, well, what about this? You know what, I really, I really believe it's not a good topic for us to discuss. Just if you're the only mature one, then right. then probably dis- disengagement. Um, to borrow a term,
1: from the,
0: uh, right. The, yeah, right, the, the, yeah, the conflict, Um, just to disengage because. It's not going to lead to anywhere. You're never going to convince if someone's too emotionally volatile. It's never going to end up well. So disengagement might be your best topic. Might be your best uh, approach. Yeah. Um, I did want to. I did want to mention something um, that just came to me while we're talking here, and this is something that I think we've both spoken about offline. um, Promoting, you you know, we don't want to sound like we're promoting ourselves through a crisis. Um, And that's definitely not my agenda here, Mm -hmm. but I do do want to put out there, if if anyone does need extra support, um, I would be happy to do it free of charge at this point in time. Um, Again, not for a financial interest for myself, but just to support anyone out there who needs a little bit of an extra helping hand during this time period, because it really is hard. And so if you just need someone to talk to, you need someone to help navigate a particular issue or whatever it may be, please feel free to reach out to me. um, Same.
1: uh, yeah, absolutely. Same. I, I've always, you know, I mean, both of us have always said nobody will ever be turned away from support because of money. And, you know, we both have different instances of sliding scales with our clients and our groups. So yeah, absolutely. During this time, if anyone needs support, you can find us in the liner notes. Um, uh, we definitely want to be a resource in that way. Um, yep. I, I, I think... The other piece, and I, and I, first of all, I love what you're saying about not wanting to like take advantage of a situation. Um, but I think also recognizing just the same as we're, you know, our priorities are realigning through this experience. Like what, how can we use our gifts and our talents to be able to help other people? Um, this also might focus, you know, change how people are thinking about themselves. I certainly am hearing from a lot of people who are rethinking their Jewish connection, who are rethinking their religious connection, who are rethinking their Israel connection. Um, And so just kind of leaving room for people who maybe in the past have had a very hard or particular stance on any of those things. Um, And with our exes that maybe they've taken a stance, but they're suddenly really changing that stance now, allowing them to change, like don't hold them and say, oh, you're just doing this because of this, like let people change, let people be shocked into new realities and moved into new ways of thinking. And, um, you know, that we can allow, put aside maybe our ideas of who our ex is and allow the fact that everyone is changed by this experience. Does that make sense?
0: yeah i i also want to add on to that during a time of crisis often the smaller crises will sometimes fade away Mm. right i'm not going to be arguing over like who's got who's going to do you know thursday nights pick up from dance right right? i was like you both kind of realize like why are we fighting about this like there are people who literally have lost their children how are we fighting about this right. so there there is a little bit of magnanimousness that can come into it which can actually be healing and supportive and and great i, I would i would just caution not to misread it for i know that i have male clients who often will you know let's say they they're still they're still wondering don't misunderstand Connection over this crisis as connection, as real connection. Does that make sense?
1: No. Can you say a little bit more so I understand what you mean?
0: Sure. So on one hand, I'm saying this is really a time for being nicer to your ex than perhaps either one of you might make. Right. And what I'm adding to that is don't misunderstand that niceness as anything other than war-induced.
1: Got it. Right, like that. This is crisis connection, which is important, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean something in the relationship has changed. Exactly. Got it.
0: Yeah. And yeah, definitely. It's if you can manage this, it's it's phenomenal because it means that your children will be better supported, and each of you might be able to support each other in a way that you know feels right and feels good in this moment. But don't let don't misunderstand it as more than that
1: got it yeah super interesting i never thought of it like that um okay so is there anything else that we've missed anything else that we should look at i think there's going to be lots of you know there's been some changes in routine already for the kids in terms of what programs are running and what programs aren't running maybe now you have to pick your kids up at school rather than letting them take public transit home just out of safety safety measures um And now you have to figure out carpool. So just knowing that there's there's things that are right now in, in tremendous flux. And like you said, if we can be magnanimous with each other and gentle with ourselves, you know, how can we um, make all of this work? Um, and God willing, you know, it will be a short-term thing, not a long-term thing. Um, what else? Have we missed anything?
0: I would just add in a couple of my things. You mentioned it briefly, but just to point out, now is that- an extra time to take care of yourself in terms of, you know, maybe booking that massage that you've been putting off for a while. Um, maybe yeah. having take care of one night instead of, you know, having to cook all the time, whatever it may be, whatever fits for you, but just to put a little bit of extra effort into taking care of yourself because that's going to help you stay afloat better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I would say you know if you feel comfortable doing so, it's a really good time also to deeply connect into some kind of Jewish community, um, to really feel the support of that, to feel that you're not alone. Um, if there's you know a a, a rabbi or a synagogue or a community community center or a Jewish group, um, even if you're in a city where maybe you're the only Jew that you know in the uh, in the city. Um, You know, maybe connecting online or reaching out to friends and family or getting involved in Jewish organizations. There's lots of stuff. So I think just having that safety in numbers and in caring community is is super, super helpful right now if you have access to it. And if you don't, um, again, please reach out because we're in different cities and we know different people and different things that are happening all over the Jewish world. So we're happy to connect people in.
0: Yeah, one one important piece which we haven't mentioned, which you know, wearing wearing my rabbi hat for a second, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes going to sleep at night is hard. Sometimes yeah. you know, and and to to be able to say, you know what, Hashem, I'd like to hand all of this over to you right now. Um, Hashem, like I know I'm never alone. You're always here with me. I'm just gonna. Could you hold all of this um, mm-hmm. and allowing Hashem to kind of carry the burden with you. Um, really is a transformative experience, both in terms of the weight lifted off your shoulders and also the connection with Hashem and a higher power. And whatever opportunity you have to really turn to Hashem during this crisis is 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 a phenomenal, you know, resource. Ultimately, Hashem's like this infinite power <laughs> that you can connect to that like can just help you through the hardest times. It shouldn't be, you know, this is not the main, only goal. of This podcast but it should we need to mention that it's you know there's nothing quite like it to have to have shomer israel the guardian of israel take care of us um don't don't lose sight of that in this time it really is an opportunity to connect
1: yeah that's so good to hear awesome okay i feel like that's a great place to sort of wrap things up um, again, if anyone has questions or you'd like to reach out for support, if you have topic ideas, if you want us to speak about something in particular, um, or if you just want to discuss bringing us to your city to give a talk on Jewish divorce, or if you want to reach out for any kind of ideas on how to, um, help you or a friend or a family member through the divorce process, please get in touch with us. All the information is in the liner notes. Uh, David, anything to say before we finish?
0: If you want a treehouse built, give me a call. <laughs> uh, the list you had was quite thorough, but I mean there's a couple of other things I can do. I'm really good at uh manicures. Um no I'm object, I'm not. Anyway, have a wonderful week, everyone. We hope that next week we won't have to do this episode or anything like it again because it'll all be over. Okay. Um, but um we're we're with you, with you in the trenches, metaphorically speaking, and our hearts are with you.
1: Awesome. Thanks for joining us. If you have an idea for an episode or a question for either David or myself, don't hesitate to reach out or you can leave us a voice message. The link for that is in the liner notes. If you think you know someone who could benefit from any of our information, ideas, tools, or conversations, please go ahead and share this podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on whatever podcast app you're using. And please leave us a rating and review so anyone who is trying to find us can do so more easily. Remember, you're not alone. You got this. And we're all working together to get transformed. Bye for now.